0: Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. I want to personally say say thank you uh, for those of you who were here last week. Um, we just we made an announcement and uh, your response was just uh, overwhelming. And uh, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for your uh, your kindness to me, for your welcome to me, uh, your generosity to me and to our family and, and our family say the same. Uh, praise the Lord. Want to say thanks to James for uh, the message last week on burn the ships. And if you weren't here last week because you had to take a snow day, uh, you can listen to that online, and you can, uh, if you want to know what Burn the Ships was all about, because it's a great, it was a great, uh, it was a great image. Uh, in fact, the message was so good that, that the theme this morning uh, has some similarity to it, uh, because uh, that's really where the Lord is taking us today. Uh, Easter is just two weeks away, amen? Okay. Easter is just two weeks away. Amen? Hey, yeah. right, thank you. And that means that now we are in the time of Lent, uh, which are the 40 days immediately before Easter. And Lent is a really interesting contrast of the somber and the bright. And let, let me explain how, how I view that. On the somber side... Lent is traditionally a time of serious reflection and confession. And like the people of Israel at the Day of Atonement and other days throughout the year, people would, would fast, and they would wear sackcloth. And, and sackcloth was a covering often made of goat's hair. And the reason they made they wore sackcloth, a couple, couple reasons. One because it was incredibly plain. and two, they actually wore it because it was uncomfortable. And they wore sackcloth and they would, they would take ashes and they would sit in ashes. They would put ashes on their heads. And that would represent humility, contrition, repentance, and even despair at times. And that's why the first day of Lent is called Ash Wednesday. If you wondered why, that's why. Because Lent is about coming before the Lord who is a holy and perfect and good God, and recognizing that our goodness can only be because of God. And so as we come before God, we recognize our, need, our desperate need for Him. And we recognize our imperfection. And so we come with that repentance. We come with that contrition. And we come before God and we say, thank you, Lord, so much. And Lord, maybe here are some things that, that I need to unload and I need to confess, I need to be honest with you about. And I thank you, Lord, for your grace because you are faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us and to clean us from unrighteousness. Now, nowadays, Lent is often associated with giving something up, right? You know, sometimes people will say that with different degrees of real intention and, and, and real seriousness is well I'm going to give up chocolate for Lent if you were to say why people would say well because that's what I do is not what you do at Lent uh, but the idea is that if we give something up at Lent and I, I encourage you and I, I will later too what we do is the time that we would spend in doing what we give up we replace that time by cultivating our relationship with God spend that time in prayer I spend that time in worship. I spend that time with God. And on the bright side, so that's the somber side. On the bright side, Lent has to do with spring. Because the word Lent is derived from potentially a couple of different words. And in both cases, it has to do with spring. There's an old English word, apparently, that means spring season. And so when you, when you hear the word Lent, you think that it means spring. So there's a positive side to it. And some say it comes from an old German word that means long, possibly referring to the lengthening of sunlight, or people call it the lengthening of days in springtime. And so think of Lent, think of spring, and the newness of life that comes, and that Easter reminds us of because of Jesus' resurrection. And so in the last days, the last two weeks of Lent, this time of contrast, we're having a a four-message series that includes Good Friday, on some contrasts life with less and life with more life with sorrow good friday life with joy easter sunday when when there won't be room for everybody because we're all going to be inviting somebody praise the lord so life with less what well that's what we'll get to i won't say it right off but to do that this morning and next sunday we're going to go to psalm 23 uh, written by King David. And I don't do this very often, but this morning we're going to look at just one verse of the psalm. And then next week we're going to look at the rest of the psalm, along with a number of other scriptures. Some of you may know the first verse by heart. Some of you may know the, the entire psalm by heart. The first verse is only about ten, 10 words long, depending on what trans, translation you use. Will you say these words with me? Not too many of them. Uh, let's say them together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You say that with me one more time. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now I want to invite you uh, to do something with me for just about 30 seconds. I want to invite you to meditate on these words. Uh, David, King David wrote many times, and he, particularly in Psalm 1, he did it in Psalm 119 too. But in Psalm 1 he wrote, that we can experience blessing. Blessed is the one who meditates on God's word day and night. In other words, who meditates on God's word on a regular basis. And so I want to invite you to perhaps close your eyes and uh, just repeat these words over in your mind. And and the next slide has got two different versions of it. Uh, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in need. Uh, that's 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 the promise of this verse and just to just thirty seconds they'll fly by uh, quite quickly, but just to keep repeating those and allow those to sink into your spirit and allow those words to speak to you because they are god's word and god's word is powerful and active so I'm just going to pause for silence for about that time thirty seconds and let's just allow god's word to speak to us with that sin. Isn't that silence beautiful? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in need. Many of you have been on missions experiences, uh, just like Carol's going to be going back to the check Again. And while there in missions experiences and after returning home, many have realized that people in many other countries have less of at least a couple of things than what we have. And yet they seem to be doing just fine. They have less stuff and they have less stress now it's not that they don't have stuff it is not that they don't have stress and there are different things that will stress them but often one of the one of the reverse culture shock experiences is that when people come back to canada or they come back to north america and they see just how stark the difference is it's actually unsettling and it's unnerving because we have so much stuff and and we have so much stress and that's at least partly why in our society, uh, mental health has become such a concern because we get so stressed by the pace of life. And, and, and there are a lot who, who love that pace and, and they drive hard. Um, I've been in that place. And then there's a time uh, when it can actually begin to wear on you. Have you, you ever been worn on by stress? the lord is my shepherd i shall not be in want. the lord this is where it starts this is this is this is where it needs to start this is where the foundation is lord is about who's in charge my lord right lord is about who's in control lordship we like to be in charge don't we you like to be in charge, at least in, uh, in charge of some things, maybe big things. You say, no, let somebody else take care of that. Let them take the heat. But when it comes to our personal lives, right, we, we tend to want tend to be in charge. Is there anybody here this morning that maybe needs to live with a little less control? If we're honest, maybe there's some things that we, we just need to loosen our grip on a little bit that we need a little bit less control than what we really want, or maybe than what we really have. Something or someone in your grip that your grip is just a little bit too tight around needs to be loosened. It could be a prized possession. Man, nobody better ever touch that, or scratch that, or mar that, or walk on it after spring comes and it's nice and green or pee on it. <laughs> or it could be a person. It could be a person, whether it's in an unhealthy way or it's a healthy way and you just you have to release, right? You have to let go. It could be a habit. It could be a TV or an online series. You just—I I, got to get home to see that, man. I've got a—I've got a DVR it or a PVR it, or I've got to make sure that I that I catch it online. I can't miss that, or some some other activity online, or whatever it might be. And it could be it could be a, a completely harmless activity, but but one that has become so consuming. You say, you know what, I, I, just, I just need to lose a little bit of control on that because it's, it's becoming too controlling of me. How do you know it's something you might be holding on to tightly? Well, one of the ways might be on how we use the word need. You know, in our society, we, we often use the word need when we should use the word want. I had a co-worker who's, whose husband was a sound operator for the, for, uh, the church, And when the leadership decided that only water would be allowed in the auditorium, she said in a meeting, you can't do that to my husband. You don't want to deal with him if he doesn't have a coffee in the morning. He needs his coffee, and I'm not kidding. You don't want to have to deal with him if he's not allowed to have his coffee with him. That might be an example where a little bit of control needs to be released. <laughs> I need my coffee. No, I hope not. God is our source and our provider. The word that's used here would be the word Yahweh. But for the people of Israel, they, they wouldn't even they wouldn't say that word. And the word Lord was used instead, the word Adonai. And Yahweh means could mean. It's a very interesting word because it's really just it's just a verb, a couple of verbs. I am that I am, and that speaks that God is. God is. God is. <laughs> or I am that I will be. In other words, God is eternal. God said that to Moses. He, Moses said, "Who will I tell people you are?" And God said, "You tell them I am that I am. You tell them I am the great I am. You tell them I am I am that causes." That's Yahweh. That's Yahweh. That is God. That is the Lord. The Lord is unchanging. Psalm 102, 27. The Lord is uncaused. Psalm 90, verse 2. And the Lord is ungoverned. There's nobody in control of God. Psalm 139, verses 7 to 8. Unchanging speaks of God's reliability. Uncaused speaks of God's power. Ungoverned speaks of God's fearlessness, even over the grave. Praise His name. And so our starting point is the Lord. And like a computer program needs a programmer. Like an invention needs an inventor. Like a music composition needs a composer. Like a piece of writing needs a writer. No matter how intelligent or intelligent, or innovative or industrious or insightful or intuitive you and i may be we are not the final masters of our destiny we are participants in our destiny but we're not the final masters but rather we are masterpieces of the divine and that means we're ultimately not the creators but we are the created and we can give God praise for that. And maybe we need to live with a little bit less control. And then the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Bible uses plenty of metaphors to describe God. Uh, David was a king and David could call God king of kings. David was a general and he could call God great and mighty. David was a musician and he could call God creative and creator. David was also a shepherd as a young man and understood God as the great shepherd. And Jesus is the good shepherd. What does the shepherd do? Shepherd leads the sheep. A shepherd feeds the sheep. A shepherd goes and finds the sheep when they're lost. A shepherd protects the sheep from predators. And a shepherd cares for the sheep when they're injured on the other hand by calling god the shepherd david was calling people sheep and i want to suggest that that is not a compliment sheep are not so smart i've never seen people on pet shows showing off their sheep and their great sheep tricks Have you? Sheep are not strong. I've never heard of a sports team using sheep as their nickname. Can you imagine that? When the Waterloo-Oxford Crusaders go to play against the Forest Heights sheep or the Cameron Heights lambs, Sheep are not leaders. Ever watch those nature shows? I've never seen a nature show. Well, you know, they, they, they'll, they'll be in the background with the cameras set up and they'll stealthily track the movement of a family of lions or a pack of wolves, a group of elephants. But you never see them f- tracking a family of wild sheep, do you? Isaiah 53, 6 instead says, we all like sheep have gone astray. And each of us has turned to our own way. God is our security. God is our source and God is our security. Max Lucado, in his book, Traveling Light, he writes this, what we have in our shepherd is greater than what we don't have in life. That's a a neat turn of phrase. What we have in our shepherd is greater than what we don't have in life. And so when there are things that we wish we had, we have more than enough from what we have from our shepherd. You have his name given to you as a follower of Jesus. You have his identity You have his righteousness. You have his holiness. You have the promises of the shepherd that come with that identity. You have the Holy Spirit sealed in you. You have his adoption into his family. You have his friendship. Lose everything else. And we still have Jesus. Jesus assures us, John 10, 27, My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. God is strong enough to place 100 billion stars in our galaxy and over 100 billion galaxies in the universe, and yet he is kind and caring and compassionate enough to be present and to comfort us in the silence like a shepherd holding his sheep. Life with less. Do you carry any, any burdens this morning? And by that I mean, not only just having burdens, but carrying them, owning them, taking a responsibility for them. When Jesus says, come to the cross, because burdens are lifted at Calvary. And Jesus says, let me help you carry your burden. Let's be like a couple of oxen or cattle. Get yoked together, tethered together. Jesus says, let me help you carry your burden. Because Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I wonder if that's what some of us could do with less of. Carrying burdens. I have a burden. Um, who doesn't have burdens? I'll share, share with you the one that's that's most recent and, and biggest on my heart right now. And I thank you. Some of you already know and have been praying. Uh, but my, our precious Tarina uh, was admitted to the hospital a couple days ago, a few days ago. With uh, She's been experiencing pain for some time. And uh, just have come to recognize that, that her disease has been moving, has, be, has been active. And so she's, she's having uh, several days of radiation treatment, and we thank the Lord that he has given that kind of ingenuity uh, to the medical community. We will not stop praying for healing. We'll ever continue to pray uh, for healing for the one who is the great healer and who is the, who is the, the, the greatest and most loving power in the universe. And so thank you for your prayers for her. And uh, last night, praise the Lord, even uh, Pastor Wayne, when we chatted on the phone last night, uh, I'm just happy to say that last night she had about five hours of sleep, and that's the most that she's had in about five weeks. And, uh, and you will never meet a more gracious person uh, living with something that is only from the pit. Uh, with a disease like cancer. But I, she is just an incredible inspiration to me. And she just is so grateful for your prayers. So thank you so much. Psalm 55, 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. You believe that today? First Peter 5, verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. Do you believe that today? Will you receive that today? Living with less control. Living with less anxiety and burden. And then the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in need. Jesus told his disciples not to worry about what they eat, about what they wear. Have you ever lacked essentials in your life? Maybe some of you have. Uh, if, if, if you lived through the, through the Second World War, uh, it, it may have been tight. Or may, maybe you are in a situation where sometimes it is hard to make ends meet. But I believe that God has designed us as human beings that we should not ever lack essentials. And that wherever that does happen, it's not because God has not provided for all people, but it's, all, it's almost always because of somebody's sin or selfishness that has resulted in lack for others. Let me give an example. Because I am not saying that if you're struggling, it's because you've sinned. That's not what I'm saying. Let me give an example. We've watched with disbelief in Venezuela. Venezuela where people are barely surviving, where they can't get medication, where people are drinking suspect water because their leader has refused to allow in literally tons of aid from other countries. But God has provided so that none should be in need if it were fairly distributed. And so I I, I would stand up. God doesn't need defense, but I would stand up for God to say, You know, it's not about God not having provided. But it's about the reality of sin and selfishness in the world today, why it isn't fairly distributed. Egyptian pharaohs were buried with their wealth, but centuries later, when the tombs were examined, guess what? The stuff was still there. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 5.15, "'Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb.' And as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil that they can carry in their hands. Jesus said, watch out and be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Because life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. That's what the West needs to hear. Amen? A man went to a pastor for advice. He was in the midst of a financial collapse. I've heard people use this phrase too. He said, "I've lost everything." The pastor said, "I am so sorry to hear you've lost your faith." He said, "No, no, I haven't lost my faith. I still believe in God." Oh, so well then, I'm, I'm so I'm so sad to hear you've lost your character. No, no, what are you saying? I'm still a, a good, upstanding person. the pastor said, I'm I'm so sorry to hear you've lost your salvation. What do you mean? No, I haven't lost my salvation. And the pastor said, it wouldn't have to, to have been a pastor. In fact, it could have been a pastor who said that. But he said, you have your faith. You have your character. You have your salvation. Seems to me that most of the things that really matter, you haven't lost. You've lost plenty. But you certainly haven't lost everything. Now, that's kind of hard. Maybe a bit cheeky. But isn't it true? Isn't it true? That we have to go a very, very long way to say that we've lost everything. Because we will never, ever have lost the love of God. When we reach out to Him, He says, those who seek Me with all their hearts, they will surely find Me. The happiest people... I like this. I, I I don't know where it's from, but the happiest people don't have the best of everything. They just make the best of everything they have. Isn't that great? We will never be lacking what we truly need as a, as a, as as a as a people, as a society, as a globe. Nourishment, shelter, relationships, purpose, faith and a good shepherd. So much that's left is optional that we have mistakenly come to believe is necessary. And then we can avoid, when we, have, when we have things in the right order, then we can avoid the trap of those words, if only I had, I'd be happy. And so God is also our supplier Paul the apostle Paul who grew up with much and then ended up with little that is monetarily he said I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances Philippians 4 I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation can we say the same and I believe that I believe that we we can be able to amen, and many of you are sitting here saying absolutely that 's exactly where I'm at in second Peter chapter one god's this is what we really need. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And so let me ask myself and let me invite you to ask yourself today what can I live with less of? Next week, more on what we could live with more of. The really good stuff. But what could you live with less of? Could you live with less stuff? Could you live with less stress? Could you live with less burden and anxiety? Could you live with less want versus need? Is there anything that you could do with of? And what's the Spirit saying this morning? Let me invite the musicians up. As a takeaway today, I, I encourage you and me to identify something specific that you know, especially if the Spirit has given you a nudge. Or a slap. Of what it is that that you know you could be living with less of. That perhaps you could be giving away. That perhaps you could be using to bless. Or perhaps that you could be releasing because it's weighing you down. If it's a burden or an anxiety. And I encourage you to identify at least something specific for at least the next couple of weeks, the last two weeks of Lent, something to live with less of and to replace the time that's associated with with that, to take that time and spend it with the shepherd. Like that image of of a sheep sitting on the lap of the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, sitting at his feet, sitting in his lap, spending that time with him. Let's pray together. Lord, I, I thank you this week, particularly for the sense that there, are, that there are those among your people who are just weighed down with burden, weighed down with anxiety. Anxiety for loved ones, anxiety about circumstances, Anxiety about relationships. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that where the evil one wants to get in and discourage, where the evil one wants to tear us down, we pray against that. Lord, we speak against that in the strong name of Jesus. And we declare today, and thank you, Lord Jesus. That you call to us all who are weary and burdened and anxious and misdirected. And you invite us, Lord, thank you, onto your lap. You invite us to your feet like a sheep to the good shepherd. And Lord, I pray for release in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for release from burden, release from fear, release from anxiety, release from control, release from unnecessary want. And so that, Lord, our eyes would be opened to you much more quickly and much more brilliantly than they would be open to those things which are not necessary. Lord, I pray for that freedom and that joy that comes from the freedom of oppression and that comes from the freedom of, from desire of those things that aren't necessary. Lord, I pray for that. Lord, I I just ask for that freedom for your people gathered here today in Jesus' name. And friends, as, as, as as we sing, there's anything that you need to be prayed for today uh, please feel free to come somebody will be here to pray with you if there's anything that or you just want to come and you want to lay a burden down to the Lord then you just come and you can quietly do that here too I want you to know that we desire to bear one another's burdens as well as scripture calls us to do that and thereby we give it up to the Lord together so let's worship him now, and let's give him all that, that we don't need, because he wants to take it, and he wants to keep us free. Bless his name. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.